watched Brother Moore over in Nigeria. A few of you. I haven't been able to see him. I, if I watch him, then I get distracted from what I'm supposed to do. And I have watched him once or twice. Okay, wake up. You forget who's here today. Wake up, wakey, wakey, wakey. It's like, y'all are like my little puppy this morning. I'm getting ready to go, and, and usually they get up really early with me in the mornings, but this morning she's laying there in the bed, and I'm like, okay, Casey, come on, come on, you've got to go outside, and she's just laying there just looking at me, and I'm like, you've got to go outside, come on, come on, and she's just laying there and looking at me, snuggled up under the covers and just laying there and looking at me. I'm like, you have to go, so I'm having to pick her up and take her outside, you know. Y'all are not like that today, are you? Okay, good, good, good. Because I got some, some good news for you. I'm not going to say bad. I've got 18 pages of notes today. I had about 12 sermons going off in my head and heart and mind. But the Lord, of course, He always changes them, you know. But I thought about this, and uh, this kind of had, this really just encompassed them all. These are more stories that we'll tell, but I just wanted to make sure I had the references if I decided I wanted to look at them. But how many of you have been reading your chapter? Can anybody tell me where we are? Second Samuel 19. Perfect. Perfect. So, in saying that, I won't have to tell nearly as much detail. Right? Because you'll already have the gist of what I'm going to talk about today. Because the Lord put it on my heart real strongly. I was driving back from something the other day, and he just dropped it in my heart to talk about King David. So many people read the Bible, and they just read it. And they don't apply it to their daily lives. They don't know how to apply it to their daily lives. They don't go, okay, so how does this apply to me? But the New Testament tells us that the Old Testament was given to us as what? Examples for us to live by. How many of you know that? Okay? So whatever we get out of the Old Testament, we should be able to put it as an example. For us to live by. Now, you all remember the story when Keith and I first started in the ministry. Uh, Keith told me, Phil, you are an example. And I said, I don't want to be an example. And he replied, well, you are one, either good or bad, whether you want to be or not. So, you know, you are an example. Whether you want to be or not, you are an example. And uh, people are looking and people are watching. I started to do a sermon on um, what's blocking your blessing. That would have been good, wouldn't it? I don't know if you'd like the, the points. The first one was blabbling. Let's see what the second one was. I, I had it here. I'll tell you. It was... Uh, Oh, blaming. They'll come out in this, I think. And the third one was bewildered. The three B's. So you already got a sermon. But we're going to talk about 
David. And you can't talk about David without talking about Saul. Right? So we'll just start there. And I've got lots of notes, so we'll just kick it off and hit it. Right? All right. Um, it starts off with David. But I want to start off this way and see how many of you are not in the ministry in here. I, I don't mean that you witness to somebody. I mean that you're not in the full-time ministry that you give every day of your life to full-time ministry. Raise your hand. You're not in the ministry. Full, not in full-time ministry. Yeah, that's three-quarters of the crowd or better. So that means you qualify real strongly for this. Now, everybody in the ministry knows they already qualify, but that means the rest of you really qualify for this. And the reason that I'm saying that is because most people think, when they think of David, David was called a man after God's own heart. How many of you would like to be a man after God's own heart? So everybody that's not in the ministry, you qualified immediately simply because David was not a minister. Do you realize that? How many of you thought about that before? He was not in the ministry. He was never in the ministry. But he was a man after God's own heart. He was never in the ministry. We all the time get from people that, well, we don't really, we, we don't do that. We're not called to the ministry. Why would we do? We're not. Why would we do that? We're not called to the ministry. That's not what we do. We 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 have job. We're not called to the ministry. That's for ministers. That's what ministers do. Question: Was David ever a minister? How many of you have been reading your chapter? Okay. 98% of you. Let's see, let's see Branson. See if they're hooked with us today. How many of you have been reading your chapter? Yeah, they're, uh-huh, they're, they're, they're on their toes. Yeah, yeah. How many of you know David was not called to the ministry? Yeah, see there? Uh-huh. How many of you are not in the full-time ministry? Yeah, see? Look at all the hands. So you qualify. So let's start off, okay? Then we'll get to what all David did. Uh, in 1 Samuel 13, I'm, we don't need to turn to all of these because we'll be here. I went to four one time, so we don't want to be here that late, okay? Or Keith will really laugh at me. But it starts off where Samuel rebukes Saul because Samuel was supposed to come and talk to Saul, and he was a little bit late. Do you know you should always wait on your leader if they tell you something? If they say, I'm going to be there and they're running late, who's supposed to wait? Yeah, okay. Some of you got it, some of you didn't. Okay, anyway, um, 
in verse 13, it says, um, you've not kept the command of the Lord that the Lord gave you, that you had, and he would have established your kingdom forever. This is NIV. But now your kingdom will not endure. And this is where it says this. This is where this comes from. This is why I'm reading it. Verse 14, mark it in your Bible. If you don't have a Bible you can mark in, get another one that you can mark in. It says, But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Now, did it say Saul sought him out or the Lord sought out a man? Did the Lord sought out a minister? The Lord sought out a man after his own heart. Now, today, what I want us to find out about is what qualifies someone to be a man after God's own heart. Would you like to qualify for that? I want to be that person. I want to be that person. It's easier than you think. Much easier than you think. To be a man after God's own heart. Okay? Read the next verse. Or the next part of that verse. Because you have not kept the Lord's command. And if we had to sum it up pretty much, that would be the start. You have not kept the Lord's command. Okay, that's the first part. We already got past number one. See all the pages? We already got past number one. All right. Number two, the Lord rejected Saul as king, but this is some of the reasons why. There's two negatives, then we're going to get into some positives. He rejected him as king, but I want you to recognize part of the reasons why Saul's temperament was rejected. Because we don't want to fall into this trap. Okay? Who wants to be a man after God's own heart? Okay. Look at some of the things that Saul did. Saul went up and he was supposed... This is the exact directive from the Lord. 1 Samuel 15, we all read it, right? Okay. Samuel told him, the end of the verse, it says, So now, so listen now to the message of the Lord. Now, this isn't just a person talking. The Lord told him this. This is what the Lord Almighty said. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel, and when they waylaid them as they went up and came from Egypt. Now go, attack the Amalekites, and totally destroy them. What does totally destroy them mean? Is anybody confused about what totally destroy them means? It's real easy for you to say. Totally destroy them. But so he goes on and explains what totally destroy them means. Because he has staff. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I have staff sometimes. And I don't want them to be confused. So when I tell them something, I say, do this. This is what it means. So that they're not confused. 
Because sometimes people think different than you do. Right? Okay? So totally destroy them. And he said, all that belongs to them. Okay? Do not spare them. Put to death the men, the women, the children, the infants, the cattle, the sheep, the camels, the donkeys. Now, are we confused? What is he supposed to spare? Nothing, no one, not even the infants. Kill everything. Anybody got anything that they're supposed to say? Yell it out. Put Branson back up there. See if Branson's got anything. Wave your hand in Branson if you got anything. Got anything they were supposed to say? Nobody's waving their hand. Okay. Verse 9. But Saul and the army spared Agag, spared in Agag the best of the sheep, the best of the cattle, the fatted calves, the lambs, and everything that was good. These they were unwilling to destroy completely. But everything that was weak, they destroyed. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I made Saul king because he's turned away from me and not carried out my instructions. Verse 13. When Samuel reached Saul, he said, The Lord bless you. I've carried out the Lord's instructions. Why was Saul pulled from being king? Why was Saul pulled from being king? He didn't follow instructions. But not only that, listen up. Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? What's the lowing of cattle that I hear? And Saul then said, He blames everybody but himself. The soldiers, they spared. Look again down at verse 20. I went on the, but I did obey the Lord. Look at verse 20. But I did obey the Lord. You ever had anybody do you that way? You know they did wrong. But they're constantly arguing with you that it was somebody else's fault. You ever seen a little kid do that? But I did. And verse 22. But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings? No. Then Saul said to Samuel in verse 24, I've sinned. But, verse 27 See what he told him, why he sinned. Verse 30. Look at, let's skip some. I've got so many notes. Let's look at verse 30. Saul replied, I've sinned, but. I've sinned, but. 
What's the next word? You know, I've had to let people go. And they've looked at me and they've said, yeah, I messed up, I messed up, but please don't fire me. But they didn't really mean it. All they wanted was their job. And they got caught. There's a difference between getting caught in your sin and repenting for your sin. Do you understand that? There's a difference in really repenting for a sin and just actually getting caught and not change, never planning on changing anything that you did. Because if you follow Saul's life, did he change anything? How many of you read your chapters? Did he change his life? Did he change anything? Did he get nice? No. He got worse. So now you see what happened to Saul. So, let's go on. So you first see, this is what I don't want to do if I want to be a man that God loves. Or a man that has the heart of the Lord. What do you first have to do? Is the Lord confusing when He tells you to do something? Does He give you good instructions? Does He expect you to do something that He didn't tell you to do? Is He crystal clear? Would He punish you for something that He didn't tell you to do? Absolutely not. Don't get too quiet on me. It's going to be fun, I promise. Okay, so, number three. Samuel anoints David. Now, I think you'll like this part. David was an absolute nobody. He was a shepherd boy. Now, here's my question to you. If you truly love the Lord, can the Lord find you if you're at home in your closet with your ironing board? Can He find you if you're in a pasture baling hay? Can the Lord find you if you're in a machine shop working a line? Can the Lord find you wherever you are and promote you if He wants to? What is the qualification? What's the qualification? We're going to see. We're going to see what made David special. See, I'm getting a hundred different answers and everybody's repeating back what I just said. They obeyed the Lord. They obeyed the Lord. They obeyed the Lord. He obeyed the Lord. Yeah, he did, but he did something else too. He was a shepherd boy and the Lord found him. Nobody is keeping you from getting to the place God called you to get to. And here's the thing that I found... I don't know if you noticed this or not. Look at verse 12. The Lord sent Samuel to anoint him. And verse 12. So he sent him and he brought him in 
And he was he went through all the brothers. You know the story. All the brothers got rejected. Now, how's that going to make all them brothers feel? Is it you? Oh, he's handsome. He's good looking. He's strong. Yeah. No, it's not you. Get out of here. Is it you? No, no, no. It's not him. He, although he's handsome and he's good looking. Oh, look at all his traits. Nope. You're, it's not you. Is it him? Oh, no, no. You're no good. Is it you? Nope. You're no good. Won't do. Won't do. Is it you? He went through all the brothers. How is that going to make them feel? How does it make your brothers and sisters feel that God uses you and gives you stuff? Huh? Huh? Okay, let's look. Okay, so so he sent him, and he brought him in, and uh, he was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome in features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and read the next part. And anointed him in the presence of his brothers. Reckon that caused some more strife? You got any strife with your family? Did did the Lord try to fix it? I didn't see it. I didn't see it. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then did, went then to Ramah. Okay, now here's the next part that I want you to get. Now the Spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and evil spirits tormented him. And Saul's attendants started looking for someone that could help him. How many of you remember the story? You've been reading, right? So they found, they remembered... David. Now, David's been anointed king. We see it all the time in the ministry. Come up here, Edward. Somebody calls out Edward in a service. You have an anointing to be a prophet. You have an anointing to be a prophet. They call him out. He leaves everything he's doing. He leaves his job. He leaves his wife. He leaves his kids. He starts doing everything that he's doing, and he's going everywhere. Immediately. Did God put David king over everything immediately? Even though he was anointed to be king immediately? What's David's first job? No, after after he's anointed king. He played the harp for Saul or the liar. Lear, liar, lyrics, whatever it was. Liar, lear, for Saul. That threw spears at him. That's his first job, anointed king. Now, did you get that out of that when you read it? He's anointed king. 
But it took him over a decade. And all during that time, his brothers are still harassing him. The king is still harassing him. Nobody knew he was king. Nobody knew he was anointed. Nobody dealt with him like he was king. He had to go out in the wilderness and hunt men to help him survive. And he got the rejects. So what I'm trying to get across to you is, just because you have a call on your life, and there's no question you have a call on your life, maybe the Lord said you have a call. Maybe people said you have a call. Maybe you can sense you have a call on your life. Start doing what the Lord says then. Don't jump out and run immediately. Because what happens is, you'll fall. And you'll miss God. You've got to do it in God's time. You've got to do it the right way. In order for things to fall in the place that the Lord wants them, in order for you to be where He wants you to be when He wants you to be there. What if He'd have gone and tried to take the kingdom over then? Could He have had a mess? Could there have been a mess? Would the Lord's hand have been upon Him then? No. He'd have been messing up. Can you, just because you have a call, just because you are called to the ministry, to a certain thing, can you just do it on your own? There's a lot of people yelling out no because they know that's the answer I'm looking for. But how many of you know people that have done that. Hands going up all over the place. They've gone out and tried to do things, and they've fallen, and then they've gotten out of the ministry, or they've gotten hurt, or things have not gone good, or their finances have been a wreck, or it's just been a mess. Give God a chance to do what He wants to do in your life. Now, this is not only with ministry. This is with everything in your life. Just because maybe you're going to be the president of a company. Do you go from the assembly line to the president? You, God says people have to prove themselves before they can get there. Give God time to promote you. Give Him time to do what He wants to do. It's that way with everything in our lives. People want to be here when they got to start here. Was he King David? Okay, I'm going to stop if everybody don't want to play. Again, was he King David? Yes. Yes. These guys over here, was he King David? Yes. Yes. Did he become King David? Did God anoint him to be King David? Yes. Yes. Did he have to go through things to get there? Absolutely he did. We don't get where we're supposed to be overnight. So I think you got that. All right. Um, Let's go on to David and Goliath. Number five. We're making good progress. Um, 
David's daddy said, take food to your brothers. Now, his brothers already have an opinion about him, so let's look at it. Um, let's see. First off, verse uh, 20, he left his flock in the field. Verse 25, the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? And he comes out and defies Israel. The king will give the man great wealth uh, who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage, and he will exempt his family from taxes. And David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he sounds that he should defy the armies of the living God? What's the first thing we see about David? He recognizes God. First thing. He recognizes that this is the armies of God. Not just any army, but it is the armies of God. He recognizes that. They're not just any army, it's the army of God. All right? They repeated to him what was going to be done. And um, then verse 28. When Elab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men. What's the next part? He burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are. And how wicked your heart is. You only came down to watch the battle. Now, did his brother like him? I don't think so. Verse 29. Now what have you done? Can I even speak? Now what have I done? Can I even speak? And he turned to someone else and brought up the same matter. We all know the story. But what we don't know is verse 7. Recognize David. Who does he say rescued? Verse 7. The Lord rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. And he will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Now, when you're going through your daily task and your daily job, Do you remember continuously who gets the credit for what you do? I know Keith will say, Phil, that was really good. Or thank you for thinking of that. Or constantly he's saying, Phil, I'm glad you thought of that. I'm glad you remembered that. And I'll say, sweetheart, I didn't remember. The Holy Spirit reminded me. I didn't get that. The Holy Spirit did. I didn't do that. The Holy Spirit reminded me. I mean, I bet I say that 500 times a day. Keith said this a long time ago. If it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's me. How many times a day do you give God the credit for something that happened good to you? 
enough? Could we do better? Are you a man after God's own heart? Do you want to be more of a man after God's own heart? Constantly, if you want more from the Lord, reverence Him more. Honor Him more. If He gives you something, realize you didn't get that on your own. You ain't that smart. I tell him all the time, I say, Kiki, you forget I'm blonde. <laughs> because I know, for a fact, I ain't that smart. I tell the guys all the time, y'all forget that I'm the Lord's favorite. And they say, no, we remember it. We remember it. We know that's why that happened. And I say those things simply because... I know the favor I have of the Lord. I know the things that He does for me. I, it is not a joke. It is for real. I don't go anywhere, but Keith looks at me and says, I I can, thank you, Lord. We park right at the front door. Every time. I don't care how full the parking lot is. We find a parking place. We get a table. Whatever it takes. The Holy Spirit knew we were coming. My ministering spirits knew I was going to be there. Does yours? Do you remember to thank them when they do something for you? Do you remember to recognize what the Lord is doing in your life? The more you do that, there's a scripture I've heard somewhere. It's called, give and it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. The more I give thanks to the Lord, the more he can give me. Now, I don't do it for that reason. I do it because he's so stinking good to me. I mean... We did this trip getting ready for them, and I don't think we missed a thing. I sat there the next day and just thanked the Lord for everything that He did for us. Nothing went wrong. Nothing went wrong with them. Nothing went wrong. I mean, we just had glorious. Now, those are not just words. David was quick to say, The Lord rescued me from the paw of the bear and the paw of the lion. When something happens in your life and it gets straightened out, don't be quick to say, I did that. I got that. This cake turned out good. Didn't I do a good job? No. No. That cake would have flopped without the Lord helping you. And if you don't think it, would you try making it a day without him? He is a man after God's own heart because he recognized and he honored God in everything. He is a man after God's own heart because 
I did a sermon one time about he inquired of the Lord. Every time he did anything, every time David opened his eyes, he said, Lord, what do you think? What do you think, Lord? I forget what the title of the sermon was. I'd have to go back and look it up. Somebody else might can help you with it. But it wasn't David inquired of the Lord. It was something else. Consider your ways or something like that. Maybe it was it. Thank you, Lord. He's smart. See, I didn't know that. But he knew it. Now, I didn't just think of that. You got that, right? He did that just to show you something. Because he's so smart. David gave him credit. And this... Verse 46, this day, I got this. All I got to do is go out there and I'm, I'm tough. I've killed lions. I've killed bears. And I can kill this Philistine. Because I'm good. Right? Is that what got him over? No. Verse 46. This day what? The Lord will deliver you into my hands. Verse 47. For the battle is the Lord and he will give all of you into our hands. Don't start out to do anything. I don't care. I heard Creflo the other day, and um, it blessed me because I thought, that's so true. He said, used to, we could go to the grocery store where we live and not pray and ask the Lord to protect us. He said, where I live now, I don't go across the street without praying and asking the Lord to protect me. And you know what? We better get wise And when we wake up in the morning, give the Lord charge over us. Give our ministering spirits charge to go before us and prepare our day. And say, Lord, I'm inquiring of you. Do I need to go there today? Do you know how many people? I don't know. Y'all probably know. Has there been a day since the first of the year that somebody hadn't had a mass shooting? Has there been one? It's time that we are inquiring of the Lord. Lord, do we need to do this today? Yeah, you are our protector. But we need to listen to you. People are missing that point. The Lord is our protector. But we have to ask Him, should we do this? And if He says don't do it, And you do it anyway, you're straight in line for a bullet or whatever, an accident. That's why David, every time he went to do something, Lord, I've got one in here. We'll get to it in a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. It's um, mm, You may not like this next one. (laughs) Then we'll get to the next one. Okay, so David's reward. 
I don't really understand this one. I'm just going to be honest with you to start with. I would like more revelation on it. Don't send me letters about it. The Lord will give me what I need. Because your revelation would just be your opinion. Okay, but David's reward was supposed to be Michal. Is that correct? To be his wife, the daughter of Saul. Well, he's supposed to be Abner sent messengers. Uh, this is, um, uh, I don't have it down here. Somebody can locate it for me. Y'all been reading it too. I skipped the verse, but it's verse 12 of something. Um, uh, Abner sent messengers on his behalf to say to David, whose land is it? Make agreement with me and I'll help to bring all of Israel back over to you. And um, David said, good. I'll make an agreement with you. But I demand one thing of you. It's got to be after, uh, let's see. It's going to be probably um, we don't have to find it. You can find it later. Uh, it's going to be after 17, so probably 18, somewhere up in there. Um, he said, but one thing I ask of you. When you come, don't even come into my presence. I demand this one thing of you. Unless you bring Michal, daughter of Saul, when you come to see me, don't come. Then David sent messengers to Ishbosheth, son of Saul, demanding, Give me my wife Michal, whom I was betrothed to myself for the price of a hundred Philistine foreskins. So Ishbath gave orders and had her taken from her husband, Peltiel, son of Laish. Now, how many of you remember that? Okay. So um, David had already taken one man's wife. And the man, her husband, however, went with her, weeping behind her. Then Abner said, go back home. So he went back home. And I'm telling you that because later on we'll see something. So the next part, see, that, see how quiet you got? I just wanted you to recognize that Michal was his wife, but actually she was married to somebody else. It's quite confusing. You got the answer to it? No, you don't. No, you don't. You'd have had to been there. I don't have the answer to it. You don't have the answer to it. Yeah. But anyway, her husband was quite upset. All right. Then, the next one is First Samuel. And this is where David inquires of the Lord. And I got into it just a little bit just now. This is what made David's character. How many of you said you wanted to be a man after God's own heart? Let me remind you. David was not a minister. At this point in David's life, he was a man running from Saul. Daily. He was not even king. 
How many of you inquire of the Lord on everything you do? Not many. David, it leaves us with the impression David is inquiring of the Lord almost every breath out of his mouth. David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up to the Philistines? David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue? David inquired of the Lord, shall we go up? David inquired of the Lord, shall we do this? David inquired of the Lord, shall I fetch uh, a compass behind him? David inquired of the Lord, shall we go after them? David inquired of the Lord, will they kill us? And the Lord said, yes, they will. Do you want to be an actual man after God's own heart? How do we do it? Does it take all day? David's having to fight. David's having to run. Does it take all day to inquire of the Lord? Doesn't. David is seeking the will of the Lord continually. I want the will of the Lord in my life. Here's the thing that we miss. If we get the will of the Lord, just like what Craig said, we get his life. We get his blessing. We get his love. We get the good things. Why wouldn't we want to go the way he wants us to go? The will of the Lord is goodness. The will of the Lord is prosperity. The will of the Lord is healing. Why wouldn't we inquire of the Lord? Because we want to do what our flesh wants to do. And that's death. David inquired of the Lord. Okay? Um, Let's see. Um... David spares Saul's life. Another reason he was a man after God's own heart. David was a man of honor. How many of you have had somebody in your life, I'm not going to say you hated them, a boss, a leader over your life. And you easily could have had contempt for them throughout your life. A lot of you are over 20 in here. Raise your hand. Yeah. You know the story. David came to a cave and he went in to relieve himself. And David crept in unnoticed and cut off the corner of his robe. And David was so conscience-stricken for having cut off... This is 1 Samuel 24, 5. David was so conscience-stricken for having cut off the corner of his robe that he said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, For he is the anointed of the Lord. Do you know you don't have to agree with everything 
somebody in leadership says. He was a king. He wasn't a minister. Now, there's a lot of stuff going on right now, and I'm going to step on some toes big time, so pull them back up underneath your chairs. Rob puts his out further. <laughs> Rob's learned if it gets stepped on, it corrects it, and it, you go on. There's a lot of people right now talking about our president negatively, making fun of him. At this point in time, he is the Lord's anointed. This man was the king at that time. Say amen or oh me, it's true with anyway. You should be praying for him, not making fun of him. He is the Lord's anointed at this time. And just, do you want to be a man after God's own heart? Then you can't do what I was talking about on that other sermon if you want your blessings. You can't blabble about people. Especially God's anointed. You can't talk about me and how bad I did today. And you didn't like what I said. Zip it. I've said this before. We used to have those old party lines. How many of you remember them? Five people could be on a line. My grandma, it was her favorite thing. She'd get on the line and listen to all the gossip. And then tell it to everybody. I mean, she did it all the time. She didn't see anything wrong with it. She loved God, but she didn't see anything wrong with gossiping. The Bible talks about gossiping just like it talks about homosexuals and and, uh, murderers and thieves and adulterers and everything else. Don't be a gossip. If somebody says something to you about the president, go, you know, nice weather we're having today. Sure has been hot lately. Don't let them draw you into their conversations. Because David, don't you know, right after that, his people, two or three times this happened. He went later and he was asleep and... and, um, they had, he had his spear right by his head and they, his men kept saying, kill him, kill him, come on, kill him, kill him, kill him. So he had the same thing you have. He was a man. He was just a man. But he was a man after God's own heart. And he spent enough time with the Lord to not let people around him sway him. And he said, nah, get his canteen and his whatever it was. And in the morning, we'll tell him we could have killed him again. You can't ride the edge of something continuously and not fall in. You can't hang around people. And I'm just going to say it. You should quit watching all those shows about people that talk about that stuff. And there's even some quote, Christian shows and channels that argue about it. And it feeds that 
spirit of argumentativeness. God didn't call us to argue with the world. He called us to love the world. And set an example for the world. This, Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my who? Put it up there for me. They need to see it. This is NIV, 1 Samuel 24, verse 6. He said to his men, what do you say to your men, your family, your friends? The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed. But David was a minister. He was just a man. But he was a man after God's own heart. Or lay a hand on him. For he is the anointed of the Lord. Did he act like the anointed of the Lord? Did he act like a demon-possessed man? Does it matter how somebody acts? The response that you're supposed to treat them. The Bible says, honor your father and mother. Does it matter how they act? Oh, it got quiet. As to the fact of whether you're supposed to honor them or not. I'm going to try that one more time. The Bible says, now how many of you actually believe the Bible? That's not everybody. Let's try that one more time. How many of you actually believe the Bible? The Bible says in the New Testament, honor your father and mother, and it will go well with you. Okay? What if they act like heathen and demon-possessed people? It doesn't follow that up with qualifiers and says, if they're saved and serve the Lord. It didn't qualify Saul. It said he was the Lord's anointed. We are supposed to honor our father and mother. We're supposed to honor kings and priests and all that are in authority. That means our policemen. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It doesn't say that we're supposed to defund the police. It says we're supposed to honor the police. So people need to get off their high horses and do what the Bible says and quit disrespecting them. Didn't say if they did everything right. Guess what? They're human just like you. You ever done anything wrong? You ever missed it? How many of you in here have never missed it? You never missed it. Come on up here. We're going to pray for you. No, she made, she's joking. She made a mistake. She said, oh, no, 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 no. No, she was joking. It was, it was a good, fun laugh, you know. But everybody, you get in their situation. Sometimes you get in a situation, you don't know the answer right away, and you may come out of it, and you think, oh, golly, I shouldn't have done that. You should be praying for them. 
You should be praying for your president. You should be praying for those who are in authority. We should have this room full of people on Wednesday night praying for them. Instead of laughing at them. How would you like to go out in a society today where everybody has a gun? And they're ready to shoot you when they see you. You pull up to their house and you don't know. Are they on drugs? I pray for them. We have several policemen in our churches. And you pull up to their house. Are they drugged out of their head and are they going to shoot me? You react one second slow and you're dead. Do you want to go there? How many of you want to go there? Not one of you. So what we should be doing is not laying a hand on God's anointed, but praying for them, lifting them up. When you run out of things to do, here's the secret, though. we got to quit thinking about ourselves. That's what David did. If David would, a man after God's own heart, have continuously thought about himself, would he have done the things that he did? He would have killed Saul five times over and become king instantly. Most young people can't control themselves. All they can think about is the glory. You ever been young? Everybody has. You're constantly thinking about what can I get? Me, 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 me. And some old people never grow out of it. Their wives and husbands would be way better off if they quit thinking about me, 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 me. But David did. He thought about his men. He thought about Saul. He thought about other things. He was a man after God's own heart. Are you starting to see some differences in Saul than maybe what we've been doing? Are you starting to see that when the Lord told him to do something, he'd inquire of the Lord? And he would do exactly what the Lord told him to do. The Lord would say, do it this way, and he'd get up and he'd do it that way. He'd inquire of the Lord. The Lord would say, do we go up and take, do we go up and take him? And he'd say, no, leave him alone. He'd leave him alone. He'd inquire of the Lord, and the Lord would say, do we go take him, these people? And he'd say, yep, go take them and kill everything. And he'd kill everything. That was the difference between him and Saul. I've told you this before. But it, I'll tell it, I'll, and I'll keep telling it. Set reminders. Put stickers up. Put reminders on your phone. Thank the Lord. Inquire of the Lord. Thank the Lord. Inquire of the Lord. Ask the Lord. Thank the Lord. Inquire of the Lord. Constantly be asking Him, what should I do? Should I do this? Should I do that? What's the priority here, Lord? Do we need to do this first? Do we need to do that first? What, what do we need to do? It will save you a lot of headaches and a lot of heartaches. It will save you a lot of trouble. There's a lot of people, you know, I'm just going to say it, that's had kids that the Lord never told them to have, and all they had was trouble out of them. Look at how quiet. Could y'all hear that pin drop on the floor? <laughs> Well, kids are a blessing of the Lord. Well, yeah, they are, if the Lord tells you to have them. 
All they've done is cause trouble and wind up in jail. Was that the Lord's plan? I don't know where that came from, but it came anyway. Inquire of the Lord. Don't just have kids because all your friends are having them. Somebody's laughing over here. It's the truth. We should inquire of the Lord about every single thing we do. If we'll do that, we'll come out better. People think immediately, okay, my kids are supposed to go to college. They've graduated. Are they? There's been a lot of kids that's gone to college that's committed suicide, especially today. Are they? See how quiet it's getting? People don't inquire of the Lord because they don't want the answer. Inquire of the Lord. Should I marry this person that I've called myself fallen in love with? Might save you from getting a divorce in five years. But they don't want to inquire because they're in love. Okay, now, who'll be honest with me? I'm going to sit down on this one because I want to see. Because if tomatoes come, it's going to hit the people in the front. How many that's been married 10 years? I was going to do a sermon on Imagine. I told you I had a dozen sermons in my mind. How many of you that's been married over 10 years imagined marriage would be different? Raise your hand. Be honest. Raise your hand. God's looking. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Imagine that marriage would be different. Some of you are lying through your teeth. Your spouse is sitting next to you and you will not admit. But you know what? God sees. Woo! Woo! God sees. Anyway. Life is different than what we imagined it would be. How many of you imagined you would be doing something different than what you're doing today? How many of you imagined you'd be in a different state than you're in today? imagined I'd be in the ministry. I never imagined Keith would be in the ministry. He was a rock and roll karate guy. <laughs> Drove fast cars and got a ticket every weekend. He got a ticket from the same policeman Friday night and Saturday night. One on a motorcycle and one in his car. That's who I was marrying. It's the truth. Never dreamed we'd be in the ministry. I got married in hip huggers with my stomach showing this much. That's who I was marrying. Never dreamed it would be like this. You never dreamed your life would be like it is either. And your kids would turn out like they did. Some of you's life is so much better than you ever thought it would be. And some of you's can be so much better than you ever thought it would be. But what changed our life 
was one day we stopped in our tracks and we inquired of the Lord. We were going this way. And God said, "Uh uh-uh. That's not what you're doing anymore. You're going. And we thought, you're going to stop somewhere, aren't you, Lord? And he kept going all the way around. Different state, different people, different things. Different everything. And I've told you this before. He went to Bible school and we went home for Christmas. And they put on the radio, Reverend Keith Moore, and we almost drove off the road. We thought, Reverend? We're going home to our friends that we parted with. Reverend? What are they going to think of us? Reverend? Reverend. Best thing that ever happened to us. Changed our lives. It'd do some of you some good to inquire of the Lord. Let Him change your lives. He'll set you up on high. David's life was hard. There's no question about it. He ran from Saul. I still got some more points, but I got next week. (laughs) Keith won't be back. Y'all pray for him. Pray for him. He's still got to go to another country. You know, it's different being out of the country. How many of you have traveled any? Randy, is it different being out of the country? It's quite different, yeah. It's different being out of the country. He's not preaching to y'all. I mean, they are excited. How many of you saw it this morning? Rob was telling me. They were quite stirred up, weren't they? Yeah. So, um, but anyway, David's life was tough. But David was living under an old covenant. Jesus hadn't come yet. We got a better covenant with better blessings, and a good God that loves you. And if you will, if you will inquire of the... I don't know. I've told you this over and over and over and over and over again. And if I could take you, and I could just take you, and I could shake you and shake you and shake you and then pour it into your head, I would do it. About how good God has been to us since we made that decision. We were so broke... And it doesn't hurt to remind you of this. We were so broke, we lived in a trailer that Keith went out and bought without my permission (laughs) that had no insulation, no heater, no stove. A woman would have at least got a kitchen. No oven, no heat. The wall was sheet metal, one by two, not even a two by four, one by two. And paneling. And thank God we lived in Mississippi where it only gets to 32, maybe sometimes 28, 26, but the water would freeze in the commode. The toilet. You know what a commode is, right? <laughs> the water would freeze in the toilet solid. It was so cold in there. That's where we started out. But look what the Lord has done. Did we have to make sacrifices on the way? 
Did we have to put our flesh aside along the way? Did we have to give up things we thought we liked? I, I remember, and I'll close with this. I remember. We had the church in Branson. It was going really, really well. And Keith came to me. I've told you this, but some of you have always been here. And Keith came to me. I remember it it, because it was like slapped me in the face. We were standing in the kitchen. And I was going night and day already. And Keith looked at me and he said, I think we're supposed to start another church. And it felt like somebody, like Brother Hagin said, somebody hit me a low blow in my stomach. I almost felt like I fell to the ground on the inside. Because in my mind and in my heart, I thought, impossible. There's no way I can do that. There's absolutely no way I can do that. I was already going night and day trying to get that one going. Keep it going. Doing what we needed to do. He was gone a lot. But I kind of did like David. I said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And I got with him. And I said, Lord, if this is what you want. It took me a little while. I'll have to be honest with you. But I came to my senses. And here we are. And the Lord does it. See, here's the thing. I was looking to me. And I had to inquire of the Lord. And he said, quit looking at you. And let me do it. And you know what? When we got down here, we got some more people to help us, some great people that came in and started doing things. And I remember when we pulled up, they put the big ad in the newspaper, and we had volunteers showing up from everywhere and helping us do everything. And some of you are still here and doing stuff. And the Lord just did it. And it's been a blessing. But if you look to yourself when the Lord tells you to do something, you'll be a failure. You'll be a flop. But if you'll turn it over to Him and say, Lord, if that's what you want, I'm all yours. Show me every step. I'll do exactly what you say. And that's what made David a man after God's own heart. He got instruction from the Lord. He did what the Lord told him to do. And he honored God in it. He honored God's people. Can we make some changes? Can we come up a step? Can we ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want? I'm willing. How many of you are willing? That's what it takes. Stand up on your feet.